Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Michael Reed Show podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at lmfm.ie Wednesday morning, the 28th of April. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reed on LMFM. Airgrid's north-south interconnector has been in the pipeline since 2005 and controversial for more than 13 years over the question of if the 400 kilovolt lines should be constructed on pylons running overground or if the high-voltage cables should run underground. We do not believe this line uh, should go overground. We want it underground. Dal Aaron, it seems to me subject to the vote on Thursday, but it seems to me Dal Aaron will also agree with that. And I think the government then will just simply have to act on it. That was Fianna Fáil in opposition in 2017. You cannot say one thing in opposition and do a different thing in government. Since becoming the main party in government, Fianna Fáil has come under fire for doing something different than what it said it would do in opposition. But last month, on the 25th of March, in fact, we heard something different. Uh, that there's work going on with Eamon Ryan uh, to ensure that there will be a review of the North Side Interconnector. I mean, it's not, uh, we don't have the, the full details in, term, in terms of the terms of that review uh, yet. Uh, but in principle, it is agreed uh, between the two. I, I can't give an exact time on it, but in due course, there, there will be a formal announcement uh, in terms of the terms of it. Which will include the possibility of undergrounding the cables. What the Taoiseach announced last night was there would be a review of the North Side Interconnector. I think I'll I'll wait for the Taoiseach and and Minister Ryan when they're ready to to announce the full details of it. Minister Thomas Thomas Byrne on uh, the 25th of March, campaigners against the overground cables were hopeful, but the other minister who has responsibility for all of this, Eamon Ryan, soon threw cold water on all of that. And two weeks ago, he said that a short review will be completed in weeks in line with a court case that will conclude in Northern Ireland. This review, the minister says, will confirm that the right thing to do is to run the cables overground. There is an ongoing judicial review case up there, which is due to be concluded, I understand, early this summer. And in my mind, we need our review process, which I've committed to to my government colleagues, to be done in that time frame. The final uh, draft terms are not are not concluded yet. They will be within the coming days, very shortly. And very quickly, I, we will uh, commission someone to, to complete that review, which is um, really focusing on the... Uh, on the range of independent international studies that we've done on this issue to to 
to look again at all the analysis that they presented to to uh, uh, get confirmation that that the analysis and and thinking behind it is still uh, absolutely appropriate and correct. Eamon Ryan's statement appeared to, to confuse uh, the Taoiseach and uh, the leader of Fianna Fáil, Michal Martin. In respect of the, the north-south interconnector that the minister has spoken about the review that is underway, Airgrid has been consistently of a view that, you know, you know the position of Airgrid deputies, they, they believe it can't be undergrounded. Uh, I've pointed to areas Thank around you, the country Thank you, we have to move on now, I'm afraid. have been... Um, and the Taoiseach was wondering if it can be done in other areas, why can't it be done on the north-south interconnector, which uh, we've been told can only go over ground. Now, since the confusion or the difference in opinions, if you prefer, Fianna Fáil appears to have gone to ground. Fianna Fáil was not available to this programme on Friday of last week, on Monday of this week, yesterday, on Tuesday or today, Wednesday. Airgrid did appear before the Oireachtas Climate Committee yesterday. Let me deal comprehensively with the North-South Interconnector Project because I do understand it has it has attracted a lot of con- controversy and, and, and certainly um, I've been involved in engagements around it myself as recently as last week. This is Mark Foley, the Chief Executive Officer of Airgrid. Mr Foley was very clear yesterday. There is only one option and that is to go overground. The project is only viable as an overhead AC cable. There is no viable alternative. The consequences of not delivering this project is we will effectively end up with two systems across the island with a very limited link on the current line. That will drive increases in cost in both jurisdictions. It'll send us backwards in terms of division of those before us had for an all-island integrated system. And it will make the job of 70% renewables essentially more difficult because we'll be doing it essentially as almost two separate projects in two separate jurisdictions. They're the honest facts about the north-south interconnector. There's a lot of noise about this. There's a lot of people suggesting A, B and C is possible. These are the facts. So, review or no review, it's full steam ahead for Airgrid. On procurement, we have procured the designers of the of the towers. That, that has actually happened. Contracts have been awarded. Um, to actually carry out design work. So the designers are, are lined up. The next step is construction of the overhead lines. Procurement notices in respect of the full construction contracts will, I think, issue very shortly, certainly within the next week or so, in anticipation of a positive outcome from the court hearings. OK, let's talk uh, to Porico O'Reilly, spokesperson for the Northeast Pile and Pressure Campaign. A very good morning to you, Porico, and thanks uh, indeed for joining us on the programme this morning. We'll hear from some opposition TDs later in the programme today, but once again, Fianna Fáil not uh, available to us. Are you surprised by that? Well, I'm surprised and disappointed, uh, uh, Michael. They're the ones who, who, who said there was going to be a view. It was the Taoiseach himself that said it. Um, they have the power to go ahead with it. They also have the power to make it a proper review for once and for all. Uh, they, they had the Dáil motion in 2017 looking for an independent international review. So, you know, there's absolutely no reason in the wide earthly world why they should not go ahead with this and not 
be what it looks like be be bullied by Eamon uh, Ryan or others to uh, to to stand back and uh, and go to ground. So there's it's it's not a good decision for any of us on this, and it's not a good political decision for them to be to be doing this when they promised they would go ahead with it. So yeah, I, I'm surprised and, and I'm very disappointed because uh, you know this is for it's it's for all of us that, that this needs to be sorted, and and going quiet is is, is not showing any leadership or any accountability. Okay, but it seems as though the decision has been made uh, and there is no other option. Airgrid are very clear about that and they've already uh, signed contracts on designing uh, this project and uh, indeed uh, they're about uh, to look at who is uh, to get the contract for constructing it. Well, we've been here here before a number of times, Michael, and and, um, I think yesterday's uh, statements by um, uh, the CEO, Mark Foley, were very uh, interesting and revealing. Um, Firstly, um, he seems to have, in a short time, become an expert uh, on the technology, and as he said himself, he's personally investigated it, and he can now say that there are no viable alternatives, and it is not possible. Um, we totally, uh, you know, refute that, and we refute it for the very simple reason that the two independent expert uh, reports, which he seems to ha- not have read yet, have stated that it is possible, it is feasible, it's credible, it's commercially feasible, and uh, we're back to the old situation of they want Eagle wants to do what they prefer to do, and they're not willing to look at any other options. I should say also he is contradicting previous Airgrid CEOs who have said it was it was viable and feasible, but just not preferable. So um, uh, from what he is saying, uh, and, and you mentioned the procurement stuff earlier, Michael, mm-hmm. they, uh, they're not for turning, and uh, they do not uh, have any regard for... Um, public uh, concerns or acceptance or the option of a consensus around undergrounding. Well, there may be uh, very serious problems in trying to convince them otherwise uh, and it may not be possible to actually do that uh, completely uh, because if you enter into a contract with somebody, you have to honour that contract or or somehow uh, make it uh, a situation uh, where it's acceptable to whoever it is you're pulling out of. Well, I mean, on the contract, there are two procurement processes going on. One is for the uh, production, uh, design and production yep. of the pylons. That's and complete. The other is Contracts are signed. And, and um, uh, we have no clarity on whether the uh, final contract has been signed on the design and production. It seems as though that will go out uh, to tender uh, as soon as uh, this court case in the north is complete. No, I... I as I understand it, Michael, is, is that is the construction contract. So, the, so yes. there's two contracts. There's one yes, for that's what I'm saying. Sorry. Yes, yeah, yeah. The, the, other, the design one is complete. The design one is, well, we've been told by, by Fianna Gael and all our local uh, ministers here for the last number of months that that has not been completed, that there is no significant uh, uh, commitment on funding or okay. on, 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 on the costing, uh, uh, on the spend of that uh, yet on the pylon design and production. Right. Uh, That's the critical one as we see it. And maybe they have done it and they're not telling us, Michael, it could well be the case, but they have not, Mr. Foley has not stated that yesterday. He talks about getting a company to build them. Uh, and, and we have to get some clarity around that, by the way. Okay, I think I should be able to get that clip in a moment. Uh, we'll come back to the in a second, but I, I, I'm uh, all but certain that he said that that 
part of the procurement process uh, was complete. As I say, I'll come back to that in a moment. The other uh, contract then is for the construction of the pipeline. Yes, yes, and that's a standard tender to go out to you know a company who would construct the pilots. And we we know if, we know that that has been ongoing for the last while. But the key one is uh, as and, and, and as the ministers uh, Bruton and and English and others have stated recently, no critical. Uh, signature has been made on the procurement design and production contract yet and will not be done so uh, until there is a legal uh, uh, approval in Northern Ireland. So, so very and, and I think that, so, that, that's so, what so I understood. Just make the point, Michael, if, if, they, if they have signed that one now... Yeah, I think uh, I can hear that they're, now. They're in difficulty, in my view. OK, no, I think they've uh, signed the uh, contract for the design of uh, the pylons and so on. We can hear what uh, Mr Foley had to say there. But not for the production. No, no, for the design. Hang on one second, we'll hear what he had to say. On procurement, we have procured the designers of the of the towers. That that has actually happened. Contracts have been awarded um, to actually carry out design work. So those contracts have been awarded. Uh, and yeah. as I understood them yesterday, uh, the construction contracts won't happen until after the court case, which is what I think you're saying. The construction contract, but also, Michael, so, so, so sorry there's any confusion. There yeah. is a company in Turkey uh, who has been awarded a contract for design and production of the pylons, a company in Ankara. Uh, that was awarded probably a year ago. What has not been awarded in our understanding, or has not been signed off, is the go-ahead to produce the pylons and a commitment to, to spending. Mm. Secondly, then, there is a construction tender out for when those pylons would arrive as to who will put them up. They're the, they're, the, they're the three things, if you like, that are ongoing. So the design and the tendering are, are going ahead, but the actual commitment to producing the pylons, as, as we understand, has not been signed off yet. And if it has, mm. in my view, there are serious implications because there is still a court case happening in Northern Ireland. And bear in mind, this procurement contract is for both North and South. It's for 400 pilots. Okay, I I, I think that's uh, what I understood uh, the CEO to be saying yesterday. Uh, Let's talk through some more of uh, the things uh, that he he was saying. He was talking about the current situation and he was describing it in terms of roadways. Uh, You have motorways, uh, which is what they're aiming towards. But at the moment, he was saying that what is it in place is like a single lane carriageway. This very constrained link threatens security supply, makes the overall system much more expensive, and it inhibits greater integration of renewables across the whole island. And frankly, we're currently moving inexorably towards a two-island electricity system, a two-system electricity system, should I say, on the island, if we don't address the constraints which are currently in play. In essence, in simple terms, we need a motorway to link Ireland and Northern Ireland Again, to use the roads analogy, this motorway would function like the spine of a body transmitting, you know, very, very large volumes of of, of electricity traffic between north and south and enable essentially the island to be truly one and fully integrated as a power system. And I don't think you have any argument with that element of Airgrid's view, do you, Porik? Well, we would... uh We've no argument with the need for 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 the line, Michael. We never have, in, in fairness. What yeah. we would argue with, though, is this this continuous claim about how critical it is and how important it is, and yet doing nothing with the current line. They could upgrade the existing line. He himself said it is very weak at both ends. Mm. All of those things, if it's so critical, should have been done over the years and can still be done. And the other thing that's 
that's really, really relevant is this, as he said, transfer of very large volumes north and south. The north is now in surplus. Mm. There is no need for the scale of the one they are talking about, uh, which which started in 2007 when there was a deficit. There is only like 300 megawatts, Michael. So it's only mm. a couple of percent of of of, uh, of a need in Northern Ireland, and that's happening at the moment. There's a surplus right for the next 10 years. So somebody has to stand back here and say, hold on a minute. Why why is such a a motorway as he is saying being yeah. built when it's not needed? And what you know what's behind this is now not a need issue it's a commercial developer led data center driven uh, uh, approach where there will be a lot of export of of electricity from renewables and the critical thing to remember for everybody is that the system was not built to handle 70% renewables it wasn't built to handle 10% renewables so airgrid by its commitment to, to putting massive renewables on the system. And he was more or less gloating yesterday mm. that we'd be the only country, island country in the world, we'd be an elite country having this level of renewables. That puts tremendous pressure on the system. And that pressure then is is biasing, if you like, against an underground option for, mm. for, for us. And at the end of all of this, you stand back and look at it. Airgrid also have a responsibility for uh, due regard to the environment. They never mention it. And putting up 400 pylons in a small area, uh, uh, you know, driven mm. by so-called renewables is, you know, is, is contradictory and needs, it needs, you know, people need to stand back and look at this for what it is. Okay, can I go it's back to the... driven totally. Can I go back to the question that Michal Martin was asking? It's a question that an awful lot of people have been asking for that matter since uh, the announcement of going underground on the Kildare Mead project, uh, which uh, is not the only project that will be going underground in the country. Uh, but he seemed to be suggesting that it was a question of distance, and this uh, really is... Uh, a massive motorway of power using these high voltage electricity cables which will go from Meath to Cavan to Monaghan to Armagh and to Tyrone uh, and uh, Mark Foley seemed to be suggesting that there was restrictions in terms of what you can do underground. That limit is currently at about 50 kilometres and only when you have real strength in the system at both ends. This is an undisputed technical fact it's a function of physics 50 kilometers is at the absolute upper boundary of what can be achieved the north-south interconnector cannot be delivered using an underground ac cable today it's close to 140 kilometers long and the enabling infrastructure at both ends is very very weak it's unlikely that such a length of underground AC cable will be possible for decades to come, if ever. If ever, he said. 140 kilometres is uh, the uh, length of the route. Maximum you could hope for is 50 kilometres. Yes, yeah, so Michael, again, uh, just so there isn't any confusion, there's two options with undergrounding. There's the DC, direct current option, yep. and the AC. So what I've talked about up to now and what we've been proposing for the last number of years is the DC, HVDC interconnector, which he, he, he spoke about separately, and he did agree it's well established and distance is not an issue. So, but so you agree, but you agree that the AC, uh, which so, is the alternative current, uh, well, can, cannot be used, because that's what he was talking about well, there. So, so, just, so just let me deal with AC then, yeah. if, if that's okay. Yeah. So, uh, he said it's an undisputed technical fact and a function of physics that he can't go longer than 50 kilometres. Yeah. Now, four years ago, 
at the oral hearing and the planning application also an interconnector. Airgrid stated that it was an undisputed technical fact that you can't go longer than 10 kilometres. And by the way, it would cost 7.5 million euros mm. per kilometre mm. more than they're stating today. Mm. So four years ago, these undisputed technical facts were totally different. Okay. Now, what we're saying, Michael, is uh, 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 the 50 kilometres AC underground uh, brings you halfway uh, up the road, as it were, or close mm. to halfway. There are options where you then come overground uh, these transition stations, and you can you can go further with AC if you want to. So if you, you could, really want so to. you could do it in sections of forty nine kilometres if you yes. want. Yeah. Okay. And again, mm. if they if if and you know what we're but, but, saying but, is in but, but in essence, but 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 in essence, you agree with the view that he expressed yesterday that. 50 kilometres is the maximum. You're saying you could work around that, uh, but you're also saying that you don't have to because that's the AC or or the alternative current. You're saying what about the high voltage direct current, the HVDC underground, which could run for the full 140 kilometres, you're saying. It can run for hundreds of kilometres. There's one being built in the UK, the Western Link, and by the way, when he said nowhere in the world have these things been done, he is completely wrong about that. There's a 380 kilometre one being planned in the UK. As we speak. Let's hear what Mark Foley had to say about uh, these HVDC underground cables, and then we'll come back to you again in a moment, Porrick. HVDC involves converting alternating current, for, uh, the alter- alternating current form of electricity, into high voltage direct current, transferring it as direct current and converting it back again at the other end. This technology is available in many parts of the world. In fact, it's used by Airgrid on our east-west interconnector between Ireland and the UK. It's used extensively in offshore wind farms and will be used in Airgrid's proposed Celtic interconnector between Ireland and France to be commissioned around 2026. This is established technology. However, and this is the big but, it is not used anywhere in the world in what I call the central nervous system of a synchronous power system. That's a fact. It's always used on the periphery where the consequences of failure can be managed. It does fail because of its complexity. It will fail and therefore it cannot be relied on in the mission-critical environment of our all-island power system. So just to be clear, when I talk about failure and the consequences of failure, such a failure is inevitable. We would see a system collapse in both jurisdictions Um, worse than what happened in Texas in the very recent past this winter. And in Texas, in the very recent past last winter, four and a half million homes and businesses without, were without power. It meant there was shortages of water, food and heat uh, and uh, it uh, caused uh, massive concern, went on and on and on enough for the first time. Has he got a point at all, do you think, Pauly? You know, there is some point to the fact that there is, there's always a challenge with these things, but, but it's as small as that, Michael. And again, uh, I would go back to these independent expert reports, which included an undergrounding expert, which Airgrid have no expertise in, by the way. And, and, you know, this is something that really needs to be borne in mind. If this went underground, the contract would go to a private company, ESB would lose out, and Airgrid don't have that expertise. So when Mr. Foley saying saying different things are facts, mm-hmm. they don't have the expertise internally on this. Now, in the independent expert report of 2018, and he, he should read it, 
they give a long part of that report to the very point that he raises there, this thing about the central nervous system and what they call a line being embedded into the centre of the whole system. And they state very clearly that these exist and they give examples and that they see no operational issues with them. And in fact, they say the HVDC line uh, can add more control and better stability to the system. So what Mr. Foley said yesterday is completely at odds if he reads the independent expert report. And this is where we have great issues with what, with what they're saying. Um, you know, they're changing their story all the time. Like, when they talked about that independent expert report for the last three years, they quoted mm. it. They're well, quoting the cost aspects and the fact the, that the cost will be higher. There's one story that they're sticking with, and uh, they've been consistent in saying this is going over ground and it can only go over ground. Stay with us, Porig, will you? Uh, we're going to bring in some uh, TDs, only opposition TDs. Uh, we're going to be speaking with uh, Minister Helen McEntee later in the programme uh, and we ask her to comment on it but uh, nobody available from Fianna Fáil to us this morning but we'll hear from some opposition TDs and if you'll stay with us uh, we'll come back to you as well after this break Michael at lmfm.ie Well the Taoiseach uh, announced uh, to his uh, parliamentary party on the 9th on the 8th of March I think it was actually uh, that there would be a review of uh, the Airgrid North-South Interconnector project uh, the Minister, Eamon Ryan, said, uh, well, yeah, sort of, uh, but not really. We're going to uh, carry out a, a short review that will confirm that going overground is correct. Uh, that's a, a view that was supported very clearly by Airgrid in front of the Oireachtas Climate Committee yesterday. They had said contracts have been signed already on the design of uh, the project and uh, other contracts are ready to be issued as soon as a court case concludes in the north of Ireland. Uh, Fianna Fáil not available uh, to comment on uh, this ongoing going and evolving situation on the programme on Friday. Not available on Monday, not available on Tuesday and not available today. Uh, Porrick O'Reilly of uh, the North East Pile and Pressure campaign remains on the line with us and we're joined now by some local opposition TDs. Darren O'Rourke, Sinn Féin TD for Meath East and Peter Tobin, uh, Into Party TD for Meath West. And good morning to both of you and thank you indeed for joining us. Uh, Darren O'Rourke, you had the opportunity of putting questions to Mark Foley at uh, that uh, committee hearing yesterday, we heard some of the responses you received. What did you make of it all? I have to say, um, Michael, it, it was the first time Airgrid came before a committee that that, that I was a member of, um, and I, I, I found it incredible, really, just to, to, to say at the outset that there was a piece of choreography in relation to it. Um, usually there would be the opportunity for ordinary members of the committee to to pose their questions um but what happened yesterday was as, as far as i could see um the chairperson uh uh teed up the uh the ceo to to make a statement in relation to um the north south interconnector um you know those I, I don't know if he was reading from a script or but he certainly had it uh his, outlined his position uh, very firmly what i'm saying is it wasn't a knee-jerk reaction that he he used the language that he did, that he referred to the facts that he had and the noise that was coming from elsewhere. It wasn't 
as you said, Michael, it wasn't uh, under pressure that he compared what might happen uh, in Ireland to what happened in Texas. And and just to say that uh, over a hundred people died in Texas. The the, the scale of of um, you know crisis of emergency of catastrophe that happened there. Um, nobody would want to play any hand actor part in delivering a similar result I- I- in Ireland. And the suggestion that what uh, people who are advocating an alternative here uh, are doing is something like that, I think is completely offensive and reckless and dangerous, actually. And and it wasn't, the point I'm making, Michael, mm-hmm. is it wasn't under duress. Under duress. It was, that was offered uh, un- under no pressure. Um, the... The root of it all, Michael, I think, is an absolute uh, intransigence, uh, stubbornness, and I think it is rooted in, in, in that point in terms well, has of... Has it gone too far? Have, I mean, we, some contracts have been signed, others are, are waiting to be signed. Well, well, I, I think the question is, Michael, where are we going here? And I, and I said it the last time we were on, is I actually think there is an, op- an opportunity here if there is the political will and the gumption to, to, to realise it, to, to, to recognise that the facts are disputed, uh, mm. um, that there are alternatives. I, I think the point, Michael, really... Well, it really seems is, as though there's I, political division, or it's, it seems as though there's the possibility, at least, that there's political division within, in government within, uh, between Fianna Fáil and uh, the Green Party over this. Well, 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 that's certainly the case, and and it, you know it, it seems quite apparent, and it, it is frustrating that we're not hearing from from local representatives in 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 relation to it. But mm. um, the, the, the 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 I think it's it, it's a matter of you know such was the confidence of the uh, of the CEO yesterday. I would I would make the point and and raise the challenge. Well, if those are the facts, we'll prove the facts. Okay, that's what that's what that's what the contention is here. Those S- facts stay aren't with proved, us, Darren, if so. you will. Uh, let's bring in Padre Tobin if we can. What do you make of it all? Well, uh, this is one of the most cynical political exercises that I've ever seen uh, in Leinster House, ever. We have a Fianna Fáil TD and Thomas Byrne doing exactly what he said shouldn't be done. Uh, he has literally uh, changed from one thing in opposition to another thing uh, in government. Um, and instead of the cables being put underground, now we have Fianna Fáil TDs in this constituency, uh, this, in this county, going underground themselves. There's absolutely no trust, I think, uh, uh, in the people uh, in the government TDs currently because they're literally saying one thing uh, in public meetings uh, around the county and other things in the Dáil. And then you have the, the CEO of Airgrids basically saying that the four approaches of the, the government's electricity project are dependent upon this particular uh, uh, project, where we have contracts awarded before a review is started, where both the Taoiseach and the Minister for Transport have said in the Dáil what the right decision is. Now, anybody holding an investigation and declaring what the right decision is in advance of an investigation or review is making a mockery. It shows that it is an empty exercise if they if they have decided on what the right thing to do but is. That's what, that is what he was saying. I, I mean, that's what I interpreted him to be saying. In that he was saying that there is no technical reason, no technical argument that wins over uh, for undergrounding, uh, and that perhaps there's this political will to try and change the physics of it all. But you just can't do that. 
No, it's it, and and you know any other walk of life. If a person said that they would hold a review into something or an investigation into something, but before that was even started, declare what the right results should be, uh, people would absolutely laugh at it. And the fact that the mm. government are saying this baldly in this situation is an incredible thing. Okay, um, stay, stay with know. us for a second, Dad, because uh, let's stay with that particular issue because Ergrid uh, are the experts. They say they know. Uh, what it is uh, they're being charged to do. Uh, And they also recognise that there is a difference of opinion. We do acknowledge the fact that there's a difference of opinion. Um, I have been with Cavan County Council and with Monaghan County Council in the last two weeks, and I've offered to meet the North Eastern Pylons protest group, and that invitation is out as we currently speak, and I'm very hopeful that there can be a discussion between me and my team and the protest group and to try and have a a sensible discussion about what's, what the facts are in respect of underground versus overground. And I'm looking forward to that engagement because I think that dialogue will help. Maybe, Parag O'Reilly, you want to come back in, in on what uh, Mark Foley said there about meeting with you yesterday. Well, just to make it clear, um, uh, Michael, he didn't uh, offer a meeting. It was a response under pressure at Monarch County Council from a councillor. Would he meet with us? There was no offer. We have written to him many times. And uh, there's a whole uh, list of things I could go through where they haven't even bothered to respond to us. Anything we ask about this project, we get fobbed off on. Uh, Even under FOI, we we, we can't get anything. And to this day, Michael, we have no idea what what the proposed pylon is. You know, they say they signed a contract and the, the public who are going to have to look at these for the next hundreds of years, if they're allowed to go ahead, which they won't be, mm. by the way, don't even see the pylon design. Well, let's say, uh, let's so, say, let's say the pylons are designed uh, and contracts are signed with somebody to construct them and put the cables on them. I suppose the next question is, where are they going to go? There is ongoing engagement with local landowners and that will continue in respect of access to lands between ourselves, working with ESB. Well, what do you make of that, Horik? Well, uh, again, it's a strange one. And uh, he, he used the phrase about honesty and, and facts and all of that. And everything, most of the stuff that he said was, was exactly the opposite. Um, the vast majority of landowners in Cavan, Mead and Monaghan uh, for the last 10 years, Michael, have signed a form of authority stating to Airgrid that they don't want to have any contact right. with them. They don't want them next or near their farms. They're not allowed to visit. And, uh, you know, these are binding uh, agreements. And I've asked NEPP and Monaghan Anti-Pilot Committee to, to, to look after this. And Airgrid's legal department have signed off on these. So if there's ongoing landowner engagements, which to me is very misleading, it must be with one, two percent of the total, not with 95, 97 percent. Okay. There's no landowner acceptance. There's no public acceptance. He keeps talking about technical uh, acceptance or technical uh, needs. You know, there's a public acceptance part here that is crucial and which they accepted for the Kildare Mead line. Well, that's one of uh, the interesting points in relation to all of this. Uh, let me go back to Pedro Bean on that because Airgrid seems to be saying uh, that one of the insurmountable obstacles in overgrounding the cables for the Kildare Mead line was getting access to the land. Uh, but uh, as a result of that, they decided to go underground. Uh, if Porrick is right, uh, why are they going overground if they have the same problems uh, for the north-south interconnector? Well, and, and this is the big question. You know, consent should be a key part of uh, uh, any planning, any infrastructural project such as this. 
Um, and it, it just frustrates me that we have people like Regina Doherty who will say that she will go to the barricades with the people um, in this situation, but she won't use her political leverage in Leinster House to change the decision here. This is a failure of the political system. The, de- the decision, ultimately, to go over ground is a decision that is, the government is responsible to. They cannot outsource this to any other organisation. And that's why we in, in, in A2 have a, a bill currently uh, which has been submitted to the Dáil, which basically seeks for a proper investigation of all of these issues. And key to that, that investigation, in my belief, is that they quantify the cost in relation to uh, houses, homes, businesses, farms, uh, etc. in this whole project. And if that investigation is done, and then make a decision on the basis of that empirical evidence at the end, rather than this fixed uh, project or fixed review that the government have in in mind at the moment. There's no consistency when it comes to air grids. They have literally, you know... um, backed out of every single uh, issue that they've said before. The fact that the Kildare Mead decision uh, to go underground is happening shows there is no necessity whatsoever for them to go overground uh, through Mead, Cavan, Monaghan, uh, Armagh or Tyrone. Well, we heard some reasons yesterday, uh, but uh, what do you make of uh, that 50 kilometre maximum limit uh, that you heard from the CEO yesterday, Darren O'Rourke? You know, I think uh, it's, you know, it's quite clear that um, to be generous, um, the CEO was very, very selective in the information that he was uh, choosing to put forward. So so, um, I'm not an expert on these matters, but I I know that point is vigorously contested. And that's the, 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 the point, Michael, in relation to this whole project is that the facts are contested, uh, that there's a range of experts and a range of evidence, international evidence. And surely, if a review is to take place, it's exactly those issues that it should should seek to address, to, to look at the facts that are disputed, that the, uh, the opportunity that is there to deliver this project underground, to review it completely and comprehensively but and in the round. Clear, but Eamon Ryan was very clear when he responded to you, the review is, the objective of the review is to confirm that the right thing to do is to go overground. That's what he said to you. That's what Mark Foley said yesterday. Absolutely. And and I think in fairness to all parties, and I include myself in relation to it, the frustration will continue. Any review that, that is so limited in its scope will not address the, the the issues that are at hand here. They're far bigger than that. They're fundamental to the project uh, as a whole. And w- we know that. You know that. I know that. Uh, everybody mm. involved in it knows that. So, so then it's a, a matter of, of political cosmetics. And that won't be, um, you know, accepted by anybody. Will it be accepted by grassroots Fianna Fáil members? I mean, I think this is, uh, if I could just ask everybody to be very brief, I think this is uh, probably the pertinent question this morning. What do you reckon, Darren O'Rourke, first of all? I don't, not for a second, and particularly for people living in that community, and there are grassroots Fianna Fáil people in in, in all the communities, not for a second will they accept it. Okay, Peter Zobain, again, please, very briefly, if you will, please. I I can't see any acceptance. Even, Even if the government proceed with their plans, the people along the cartilage of that line will not accept this happening. Okay, and Porrig O'Reilly? No, absolutely no acceptance, Michael. And what I would say very briefly is, you know, all this talk from Airgrid, where has it got them? 
15 years on they're at back at the start they need to cop on mm-hmm. and, 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 and understand the reality of the situation unless you bring people along and accept their, their, their concerns you're not going to get anywhere you know the day is gone where they can bring in an act that's almost 100 years old and try and force it on the people and force entry it's not going to happen All just right. not, never going to happen we leave it there for the moment thank you to each of you for joining us on the programme this morning Porrick O'Reilly spokesperson with uh, the North East Pile and Pressure Campaign Group Darren O'Rourke is a Sinn Féin TD for Meath East Patrick O'Bean is uh, founder and leader of the AIN2 party and a TD for Meath West and as mentioned numerous times during the programme Fianna Fáil didn't have anybody available to us today to discuss this Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds At Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does They charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.